Please listen carefully. Welcome back to the Focus Target Podcast. This is your host, Smiley, Captain Smiley. Sometimes I forget my own name. Uh, with me, as always, are Shy and Van. I very rarely forget their names. How are you guys doing? What it do? Doing all right. What it do, buckaroo. All right, well, we are back. It's been a couple weeks. We've had some things come up here and there, so uh, sorry for people who've been wondering where we've been at. We just have had some real-life entanglements that have kind of caused us to be pushed back uh, a couple weeks, but we are we are here once again. Uh, you know, uh, today we are going to do uh, one of our infamous Disc in the Drive episodes, which we, you know, we used to do like every other week, but now it's been like actually a couple months, I think, since we've done one just by virtue of the podcast. So, uh, kind of get through kind of what we've what, what we've been up to, what we've been playing, things like that. Uh, before we get to that point, of course, though, we do have a question of the day, and uh, if you can remember all the way back to episode one seventeen, where we discussed Kenobi, the Star Wars Disney Plus series, uh, we kind of had some, you know, got back into our Star Wars talk, and so today's question of the day, somewhat related, which is, okay, so now we've seen Kenobi, that was one that we were really waiting for, I think, for a long time, all of us were pretty excited for, but what do you want to see next, like? We've got three trilogies worth of movies. We got a bunch of spin-off movies. Now we've had a handful of series. Like what's what's what could they tell if they came out tomorrow, if Disney came out tomorrow and said, here's our next whatever movie show piece of media, what would it take to get you excited for? What would you want to see that you'd be like, oh, oh, maybe I'm tired of Star Wars, but not now. Now I want to see this. <laughs> That's what I want to know from you. What would get you going? What do you want to see from Star Wars? I'm going to start with Shy. Well, if they came out tomorrow and said, we're creating a whole new trilogy, episode one is basically episode four and episode you know seven all over again. There's going to be a giant space destruction base, you know, and we're going to bring back beloved characters that we kill off and no, that's not none of that. None of that stuff. That that's. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, would, I wouldn't I be see. excited about that. Um, I, that's why I hope they you don't. Don't do, want them to remake want, the original. Yeah, I don't want them like, to yeah. do what they did. Basically, um, I would love, and I think some of this will speak to you, Smiley, a little bit. I, Van, I don't remember if you've read any of the, the books at all. Like, I can't remember if you read any of the Star Wars novels, but I know Smiley has, and I have, and so something I would love to see. And I think it'd be great. And I think they even teased a little bit with the book of Boba Fett, but I'd love to see them take the courtship of princess Leia and make a movie out of it. Um, and I don't know how you would do it because I mean, they, they really missed their opportunity with Han with, um, Harrison Ford and, uh, you know, with actors, um, being alive, um, or, you know, young. So I don't know how you would even do that. You'd have to recast, I guess, but that story is, that's one of my favorite books in period. And definitely probably my favorite Star Wars book. And I just, um, I think that would have made a great film. But maybe like uh, an yeah. anime or something. Like, you know, with some of the animated stuff we've seen, like with like Castlevania and like um, are so good and so well done. Maybe they could make, turn some of these books into like animated Star Wars stories. Um, there is precedent in the canonical Star Wars universe right now. The mm -hmm. Witches of Dathomir are mm -hmm. something that was introduced. I think I don't remember if it was in the Clone Wars series or the Star Wars Rebel series, but one of the animated series has actually touched on that a little, taken some of the. I don't know how close it is to the book because I have I have not seen seen where it is. I just know of it, but yeah. like like I know that that the witch like Dathomir is is canonical and the witch is there, the Force users there, the Rancors, all that stuff. I think is is still canonical. So um, 
Well, do they mention you know, like, it in Book of Boba Fett? Well, maybe when they he, did. When maybe he gets when he gets the Rancor, I think they mention like the Witches of Dathomir ride like are known to ride it, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. that's what I want to do." I think that's what I think they do reference it there. So yeah, so like they basically have said like kind of the framework, like some of the stuff from that story is already in place. So I mean, yeah. I would say that's not a completely, um, you know, far fetched one. And also, like like I said, a lot of that came from the animated series already. So like that could be a cool way to get around that. Uh, you know, the actors issue. And, well, we've seen them digitally composite 3D versions of these actors' faces on people anyway, so they could just do we that. Have, but they've the whole, the whole movie. From that. We've seen some backlash from that. Oh, All right, what about you, Van? What what could get you juiced up for Star Wars? You know, I thought I was done with mm. new Star Wars videos until this question came up. And then I realized <laughs> I, I'm not even near done at all. Because there's actually quite a bit I want to see. <laughs> um, one, so I asked, uh, I was watching episode one, The Phantom Menace with Sheeny a couple weeks ago, and she was like, is there anything leading up to the virgin birth or anything leading up to how, um, what is her name? His mother. Uh, what is her name? Um, uh, Shmi. Shmi. Is there anything up to Shmi, like how she gets captured by Guado or becomes a slave by Guado and all that stuff? And I know he talks in episode one about being part of the, um, the hut trade or hut gambling or something like that is how a lot of people are acquired and lost and whatnot. But, um, so she had mentioned that. So just notable mention to her, she wants to see a prequel to the prequel. So leading up to the virgin birth. I don't get a whole lot of clamoring for that one. I never thought of that. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's pretty interesting. uh, Speaking of star Wars books, I'm not sure if it touches on this, but I know there was a book that came out, I think between episodes eight and nine, um, that was about, um, Darth Plagueis and it was like young Palpatine kind of mm. learning from Plagueis. Yeah. I don't know how how much or if that touches on the virgins. I think that's the understanding, at least the implication is that yeah. um that was kind of arranged by Darth Plagueis or or Palpatine yeah. in some degree. So I don't mm. know if there's some content there that mm. you might be interested in, but just yeah. throwing that out there. So I uh, and then one quick notable mention, like I said, I didn't think I wanted to see everything, but now I have like a million things I want to see. Where the hell does Darth Maul or Darth Maul go? Because we mm-hmm. see his resurrection or his existence at the end of Solo, I believe it was, and we or see him sitting on the throne. I, I think it's Solo. For the, it so, is the Solo, yeah. But so uh, you know he's you know he's there, and then we don't know whatever happens after that. I believe all that comes from the uh, Clone Wars. Or Rebels. Is it Rebels okay. or is he it just or started is it Clone Wars? It's, he's definitely in Rebels. And maybe it's right. more Rebels. I thought it was in Clone Wars as well, but maybe it's Rebels. I think it might be No, Rebels. it would the have animated to be series. Clone Wars or... because Solo, timeline-wise, chronologically, is after Episode 3 and Clone Wars is between 2 and 3. Right, but like so. Darth Maul's fall fell from after Episode 1. But then right. Rebels, I think, is also well, set between 3 and, and 4 three and four and it's van saying he wants to know what happens to him after solo is that what you're saying van right yeah that's what i'm saying probably that's probably that's clone wars i I would think we could look that up but like clone wars is between two and three right chronologically and if he's and if he's in solo (laughs) if he's in solo which is which is after three Mm -hmm. then it can't be answered in clone wars why not because he's, he's alive in han which is after three clone wars happens between two and three yeah, but he but, dies in one. So he no, dies but, in one. No, he shows Vance, up between Van, three and Van four. Van's saying he wants to see what happens after Solo. 
Oh, after, after Clone Wars. Wars. Yes. Oh, yes. oh I thought like, you were like, saying like, like what, how he no, got there. No, not how he. No, no not how I'm he got sorry. There. I want to see because okay. they introduce that, him and you're like, oh, okay, he is here. Where's Where's he go from here? That I think is answered in Rebels. Okay. Rebels takes place. I'll have to check out Rebels. Yeah. All right. All right. So heard now, really good things about Rebels and Rebels ties like a lot of the characters in Rebels tie into what we saw in in uh, Mandalorian season two. Like that. Yeah, so to get to my actual answer, okay. wait, what? After all what? of that other stuff that I talked about about not wanting to see Star Wars anymore, um, we've seen a lot of, a lot to do about the good people, about the faces, right? About about um, you know, we just had Mandalorian and Boba Fett. I and although Boba Fett was supposed, most people probably would have characterized him as a evil person a bounty hunter and all of a sudden he's like this really good guy in this episode so i'm gonna categorize him as a good guy what i really want to see is what the hell was up with palpatine from his death to episode seven it would be i guess yeah seven i want to see that in a mini series on how that all comes to be how he ends up having ray as a child how he ends up not dying and still being alive and I want them to tie all that into a nice little bow if it doesn't exist somewhere else in the universe already. He falls down that shaft, screaming, and he latches onto an antenna on the bottom of the Death Star, and a TIE fighter comes up, and a hatch yep. opens, yep. and pulls him in, and they're like, then he's in a back-to-tank, and they're like, we gotta go recover, yeah. uh, you know, so-and-so. Right. Wait, no, this is not right. As long as Ian McDermott continues to play Palpatine, I'm I'm on board, dude. I would totally watch that. I've I feel like yeah, I'm totally down. Totally. Like, how awesome would it be to have, like, an actual, like, heel story as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, a good-hearted, fun story? Like, well, we saw a taste of it in with, like, Vader and, like, how jarring that was. Imagine a miniseries based off of that kind of a person. Like, that would be mm-hmm. that would be bizarre. And, you know, there's definitely, I mean, that was one of the biggest complaints about Episode Nine, right? It's like, somehow Palpatine's yeah, returned. All of a sudden. And it's like, wow, like pull that out of your ass did you like even if it has to be a retcon at least like you know put it all together give us the give us the path make it believable make us say oh wow like find a way to make us feel like hey this actually makes more sense now that we have the whole story instead of just like you're a shitty writer and you just wanted to do some shock value and and nostalgia here uh yeah i'm i'm with that i think that's a great idea i like both you guys' ideas i i I think I, i would watch both those series um for my answer though you guys already touched on it a little bit you guys know what i want and that's solo too like mm, i don't care mm-hmm. if they do it as a movie if they want to do it as a mini series it kind of answers the questions i think like i said i think rebels kind of answers the question of what ultimately happens to darth maul but i definitely think there's some time in there between the end of solo with um uh kyra i think was the girl and like I just thought that whole cast, like that movie was awesome. I loved it. I'm I'm so sad that it didn't have a great uh whatever, like reception. But like yeah. I thought that the actors who played young Lando and young Han, like they just nailed it. Like Perfect. I felt like they were they were great and like it didn't make me feel like, uh, this is this isn't Harrison Ford. And I love Harrison Ford and I love Billy D. Williams. Like I don't like i'm not trying to take anything away from them it's like i get that some people kind of immortalize them in a way and it's like i can't watch anyone else play this character but like i thought they did perfect justice to those characters and i i loved that movie i would love to see solo too even if it whether it's a disney plus series a movie that's that's my hope um and i i do agree too i think we've seen it a little bit we've kind of got this time between episodes three or episode 
six and seven with the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, like those all kind of take place in there. Rebels, I guess, is taking place somewhere in in some you know in that time frame. But like, we don't really have a great like. To me, it's like we don't really know what happened with the galaxy. I feel like that never was really answered. Maybe it was answered in one of the books that I don't know about. But it's like we go from the Rebels won, the Empire is destroyed, the, the Emperor's dead, to like. 20 years later, and, like, there's a whole huge host of Imperials. There's another super Death Star. The Emperor's not really dead. Like, we don't really have any explanation for how, like, the politics went for those for those years. Not like I think kind of like you said about Palpatine, like, what was he doing in between there? It'd be cool to just see, like, in general, like, what was the galaxy doing in there? Why was the First Order able to rebuild and be such a threat where they get their resources again kind of questions that i have that don't really make sense about the new trilogy that i don't like it's like if this empire was defeated and chased to the far reaches of the galaxy like yet they had the resources and manpower and money to like build up a huge army build up a star killer base build a million freaking death star or star destroyers by episode three like where do they get this stuff like it'd be cool to have some some story there. So that would be kind of my honorable mention. Shai, you got anything to add to that? You're kind of smirking. Any, honor, any honorable mention? No, no, I just, like, the whole, like, the fleet of Star Destroyers at the end of Nine, like, oh my God. that's, that is a cinematic moment. That's not yeah. something you explain. Like, it looks guess, cool, yeah. but there is no ex- explanation or something. No, like, it's, no it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So It's um, like, if it was that easy to put a super laser on a Star Destroyer, like, every ship in the galaxy would have a planet-destroying yeah. super laser. Like, yeah. so my, why does the Empire have the monopoly on that? Yeah, my honorable mention is, um, you know, going, talking about the, the independent films. You know, you were a big fan of Solo, which is all right. I love Rogue One, so I'd love to see a Rogue Two. I'd love to see that cast come back. What happens to them after the end of that movie, you know? Sorry, I can't give <laughs> I can't. a serious answer. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like I think you at least get what happens before because I think they still have like a Cassie and Andor, like Disney Plus show slated at some point. Like I yeah, thought they, they did. You wonder Maybe where all those are going because there was isn't there also yeah. there's what's the lady uh, the female Jedi the Twi'lek who um oh Ashoka they were gonna do a Ashoka like I don't know if that stuff's still in development like who knows what's happening I haven't heard anything new about it but all right well. Boy, we're really, we're really. Uh, that, that was a good question of the day. Well, you get started like. on Star Wars, and then yeah, like, that, boy, that's a bunch of nerds here can't stop talking about it. True. Well, if you have uh, something you'd like to share with us uh, on the podcast, tell us, send us an answer to the question of the day. What would you like to see from Star Wars? You know, I know famously, um, my wife has kind of checked out on Star Wars. Sarah doesn't really feel like she has time for it. There's too much competing for her very limited, valuable time. And she's like, I'm out, I'm out on Star Wars. She didn't watch Boba Fett. She didn't watch Kenobi. Right. So like, I wonder like, is there something, you know, that would get my wife hooked back in? Is there somebody out there listening to us? We'd like to know, you know, from you, if you want to reach us, focus target podcast at gmail.com. That's the best way to get a hold of us. Um, and you know, if you send in your answers, we'll, we'll try to touch on them uh, on our next pod. Um, we're also going to have, uh, so before we get into what we're actually playing, um, Van and I were talking outside and we wanted to have a special discussion. want to give it up for the ladies here because um, we found out that our wives have very different perspectives on <laughs> whether or not you should get a new game. So, you know, we obviously, all three of us, I think, have a, a pretty big backlog of games that, you know, we probably don't have the time to get to or would like to get to, you know, in a, in a, in a better time. 
Um, and so recently um, I picked up Xenoblade Chronicles three and van, I think you were thinking about picking up. I was going to finally visit red dead redemption two, which has been heralded as like one of the best games ever. Yeah. I haven't played that. I've, I've heard that as well. And so we both asked our respective wives, like, you know, what, what do you think? Like, I feel bad. Like I said to my wife, I don't know how your conversation went. You could tell us. But I, I said, I, you, you know, saw I said, me downloading it. And that started the conversation. Like okay, I didn't even, there, was no, there was no conversation. <laughs> okay. Well, you go first and you go first. Tell us, tell us how that All right, works. So, so, but this is, this goes beyond video games. Like my wife hates that I do this for her with everything. Like I'll put on a movie at like nine fifteen at night, like Titanic or Braveheart or Gladiator. <laughs> And then I'll go up to bed in like 30 minutes. Well, like she can't do that. So she ends up having to stay for like the whole freaking movie, no matter what. So she hates when I put on movies and then just leave. So she just won't even come down if I'd like start a movie or anything like that. Um, so anyway, she's the same with like she we I play video games in the common area of the house uh, on the main TV. So she gets to watch a lot of my video game playing. So she's been following me playing Horizon Zero Dawn, and she knows that I'm like, I got to be near it. We checked out the map together. There's 10% left that's shaded. Like, I know I'm right towards the end. And um, I just put it down. I can't remember what I think Battlefield came out when I was like in the heart of finally about to beat this. And then so I went to I, I stopped playing that did Battlefield did that for like four months or five months or whatever it was. Then I was going to go back to now saying, Hey, I, I want to play a PlayStation game again. You know, it's just fun to revisit console games. So I was like, I want to play Red Dead Redemption 2. I was high off of a, um, what is that HBO Deadwood kick? I just saw the Deadwood series and I'm like, Oh, I want to go back and want play some Western game. So Red Dead Redemption 2 seemed like the logical choice. So I start downloading it and she just like, Nope, I'm going to stop you right there. You are not going to start this game until we finish Horizon Zero Dawn. So it, she started naming off everything that's going on. I'm like, you don't even know what's going on in Zero Dawn. Why can't I just finish this? And she goes, no, that's bullcrap. She goes, I know the factions you've been going to. I know you're trying to figure out what happened to who her real mom and dad is. I know you're trying to figure out. I'm like, all right, fine. You actually named some things that are somewhat relevant. So let me go ahead and uh, and continue playing here. And, and that's where we were. So I was telling Smile at this store. And he's like, interesting. Well, my wife has a different take on that, and why don't you let the viewers, let our our audience know what that is? Yeah, my, and maybe it's because she's not as invested in the specifics here, like you know, because she doesn't watch me play very frequently, like at all ever. So you know, she's not like following along with the stories or anything like that, and so maybe that's a part of it. But you know, I was thinking about picking up Xenoblade Chronicles Three, um, which is I'm sure going to be a massively long game. Right. And I really love Xenoblade Chronicles too, but I never finished it. I've tried multiple times to go back and I've made progress, but like I'm still not through the end of it. Despite the fact that I like it, it's just, it's a very daunting game. It's very, it's kind of exhausting. And I've thought frequently about going back and playing Xenoblade Chronicles 1 remastered, which I've never even played. And I've never even gotten around to purchasing it because I've always said, well, let me finish two. And if I finish two, then I'll go to one. So now three's coming out and I, was like, boy, you know, should I should I get this or not? And I was trying to, you know, I use my wife as a sounding board for decisions I make quite a bit. And I'm like, what do you think? Like, should I get this? Get like, I'm interested in it. it. Looks really cool, but like, I still haven't finished the last one. She's like, just get it. Why would you? Why would you get it? Why wouldn't you get it? You should just go ahead and do it. And like, what? Like, you, if you want to go back and finish the other one, you always can. It's not like it's going anywhere. But like, if you want this one, you should just get it. So uh, yeah, like when Van and I were talking about, we were like, wow, that's funny how 
different of different like completely different feedbacks we're getting from our significant others on on whether or not to buy a game so um <clears throat> there you go we thought I, that would I, just be kind of fun and fun to share sorry yeah shy, this, that's a stark <laughs> difference why well, I, I do want to i do not include him just because he wasn't included but i do want to know where shy stands on completing games i remember at one point he was like all about the trophies and and going pretty pretty hard in the paint um are you are you less hard on yourself and then the second the, actually that's the second question the first question i have is is that a new headset or is that your same old headset it looks different me yeah that's the same one. Oh, okay so then yeah then my question yeah that's that, that's a good point like you don't have maybe a uh an outside person to consult. Yeah, you got an inner inner yeah. voice that you have an inner yeah. voice exactly yeah First of all, I want to say both of your wives are logical in their own way. I appreciate Sarah's comment about the game. In fact, the game's not going anywhere. That makes total sense. It's something I would have never thought of myself. And that often I find myself like, you know, like, oh, I haven't finished this game. I want to get a new game. Like, that's great advice. And also, I really appreciate the fact that Sheenie will just finish the movie all the way through. That she can't just, like, leave it. So, you know, that's, that's, both of your wives are pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, um... I don't think that I I don't play a lot of games right now that require completion. A lot of the games I'm playing currently are persistent games, whether it's MMOs or shooters. So there's not much there. Um, and maybe we'll talk a little, about, a little bit about this in Disco in the Drive. I, I have left many games uncompleted throughout my life. In fact, I can, it's easier for me to count games that I remember completing than games that I have completed. And I think part of that is just, the nature of the world we live in as far as gaming goes like games have gotten so long and i often am drawn to long games and then like new games are always coming out that look cool and so like it's just easy kind of like on van's perspective to dump 30 40 hours into a game and get invested in it but then like something comes up you get detached and sometimes it just feels harder to go back to it um like honestly van like you having she be able to like tell you what's going on in case maybe even you'd forgotten i don't know i don't know if you'd forgotten but, like, I, I had sometimes i, had I forget what happens in the game if i had someone else <laughs> like if i had someone else who'd give me the cliff notes of where we were i'd be a lot more inclined to like jump back in probably you know than trying to like figure it out myself but no yeah it's funny how i've changed as i've gotten older because i know van is all about starting fresh but a lot yeah. of times when you come back to a game you haven't played for a while even if you got a safe halfway through you're like oh, i'll just start from the beginning Right. And I used to be like that with RPGs and a lot of games I never finished because I would always do that. Like I get halfway through, I'd lose interest. I come back like a year later. I'm like, oh, I want to I want to beat this game this time, but I'm going to start from the beginning. And I get maybe usually I get further, but I still wouldn't quite make it. And I think as I've gotten older, I've kind of gone more to that that paradigm and been like, OK, like if I come back to a game, like I should really just like go online and read up about where I was up to where I was. Mm figure that's out what i was part. doing and like actually just try to finish this freaking game because i know what's going to happen if i don't i know i know how this is going to end it's going to end abandoned halfway through so yeah. yeah i think i have some kind of a psychological completed completionism aversion or something because mm. i just don't like to finish games i, I like, like to get right up to the point yeah. and then i don't and then maybe like maybe it sits better with myself if i know there's still excitement there as opposed to finishing it i don't and you say that know. about series too and that's something you said well, about it's TV almost like series, a like, death yeah right? yeah oh I mean, all it's like it's passing like away kind of yeah. yeah 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 no there's so dude like of all the series to ever do it on lost is like the one you don't do it on and out of 112 episodes of so spending over you know 100 hours watching this thing i think we had like three episodes left and i haven't finished it and that was like five years ago that's funny so, yeah i think I, yeah shy's right i don't want to i don't want to see it go i don't want the death of it it's fair 
I got that. All right. Well, let's get to the disc in the drive with what time we have left. Um, I think, sorry, sorry for the derailing. Sorry for the second question of the day is, is what that kind of turned into, but we just thought it'd be kind of a funny thing to talk about and we didn't really have a different place for it. So, um, okay. I'm going to actually start this time. I want to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles three. Um, so I did pick it up. Uh, usually I do what my wife, what, what my wife suggests. I usually take her advice and I did in this case. And uh, I'm glad I did. I like it a lot. Um, for those of you who haven't played it, it's, uh, or the Xenoblade or any of the Xenoblade series, like they're very, um, in my opinion, they're kind of over the top anime-esque. Like the, the plots tend to be a little bit like hyper dramatic at times, but like interesting. and and often tend to deal with like religious or spiritual or philosophical topics. Like it's, it's less like traditional high fantasy, like slay the dragon, save the princess type of stuff. And it's more kind of, it's a little bit deeper and usually kind of is trying to ask questions about existence and, and, and creation and things like that. And it, uh, so far it's, it's got a, a very interesting um, like setup and, and like world concept that's that's pretty different from anything I've seen. And um, I'm not going to go too much into that. If, if you're interested, I suggest you just try it out. Um, but like, there's definitely a lot of questions that like the game kind of builds itself. And like, you can, I can almost see that like it set this game up in a very specific way to explore certain like philosophical questions in a kind of a unique way. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, I also think that I re I really enjoy the combat a lot better than I did Xenoblade Chronicles two. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles two was really, really complicated. Um, and it was, it was good and it was kind of satisfying once you got it. It took a long time for it to really kind of click for me, but I, I feel like the combat in three is a little bit more, uh, it's just a little easier to pick up. Uh, with well, while not really sacrificing the depth and the tactical aspect, there are a couple things about it that I don't love. Um, the way the combat works is you've got six characters that all fight simultaneously in kind of a live in like an action combat uh, type of thing. It's meant to kind of mimic an MMO. So I mean, think it, it feels very Final Fantasy eleven ish. You've got dps on the front lines or, or or like range attackers attacking you've got healers healing the party you got tanks holding aggro on mobs and you control any of those characters and you can switch between them on the fly and the ai controls the rest of your characters and it it's what i like about it is that like all your characters have different roles like there's like i don't know like 25 some different classes in the game that you're constantly switching between and like leveling up and unlocking abilities that then you can use on other classes. So like, it's a really awesome class feedback loop, which is something I really like in games. Like I like being like, you really have a lot of opportunities to customize your characters. You can really make, you can have characters like focus in on one of the roles or kind of spread out. And like, it allows you to make some hybrid classes. Like right now, even though I'm not that far, like one of my main tank characters has also done some healing leveling. And so like one of his side abilities is actually healing ability. So he can, so he's, he's almost like a paladin where he can heal himself and heal the party while he's tanking, um, which is like, it's, it adds a lot of customization, but what I don't like about it 
and I was thinking back, like, I feel like what did this really well was actually Final Fantasy VII Remake, where, like, when you, you can, like, pause the battle and kind of, mm-hmm. like, take a second to, like, think about what you need to do or, like, mm-hmm. if, if, like, you need to switch from ta- Cloud to Tifa to use an ability or do something, you can do that and you can kind of, like, it doesn't, like, pause it, but, like, things go super slow. So you're not really in trouble. Like, in Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you can't really stop. Like, the only way you can pause the battle, like, brings up a whole different screen so you can't even see what's going on. So, like, if you're trying, if you have to switch in the middle of the fight, like, I found that to be super difficult. And, like, it's very chaotic because, like, you like you know, if you switch from one character to another, now you're in a different position on the battlefield. There's a lot of positional effects and, like, like heals and buffs are like where you play some. And so everybody's constantly moving around. So trying to like figure out, okay, I'm on this character. I need to get to a different character to try to do something. It's, it's really hard to do. And it's also like, it's like, it feels like sometimes like the fact that it lets you cycle through all your characters, it wants to let you micromanage your team, but then it doesn't actually feel like you can, because like, for example, Oh my damn like like one of the healing classes has a really powerful damage boost that it puts in a circle around itself. And if you're in the in the circle while you use an ability, it's a it's a big attack bonus, right? Well, sometimes for some reason my healer decides they don't want to use that ability. I don't know why not, but so like I'll be on my attacker, I'll I'll have like a big powerful shot ready, and it's like I don't want to use it until I get my attack bonus. But like I need to use it. So it's like, okay, well, you'd think maybe I could switch to the healer, run the healer over, drop the attack bonus, and then switch back to the attacker and use the attack, right? That's kind of the micromanaging I would expect. Well, when I try to do that, I switch to the healer, and my attacker immediately fires off the attack because it's ready, and now they're being controlled by the AI. So it's like, I can't even, like, like I need to, like, mm-hmm. stop time or, like, give instructions or be like, hey, like, use your buffs or something, you know, like there's, there's parts of the combat, which are a little bit frustrating, especially in like a tough fight where it's like, my guys could just be a little smarter. Or if I had a little bit more control over them, a really hard fight would actually be considerably easier. So, but other than that, I'm really enjoying the game. So sorry, I went kind of deep there. Um, but yeah, I've been playing that a lot. I I think I, I don't know how many hours I've logged, but I'm still, still only on chapter three. So I don't think I'm super far into it. The Xenoblade Chronicle games are notorious for being really long. And this one, uh, I think, is no exception just based on how it's going so far. But but I do like it. And I'm glad I got it. My my wife gave me good advice on that on that front. So. Any you guys have any questions or comments on Xenoblade? And Chronicle? that's exclusive for the Switch, right? Switch game only. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because it's published by Nintendo. It's published by Nintendo. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember, I remember when I first got my switch, just looking at people, I think, um, who was it? I know all was one and then tank. It was another who just had like 200 plus hours in those games. And I was like, man, just looking at how many hours you have in there. That seems like more than I want to invest in this. It's going on here. It's it's pretty heavy stuff. It's a, it's, it's pretty heavy stuff, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a good game. Yeah. I liked um in the in Xenoblade Chronicles too. I liked the blade system. I felt like it was an interesting way to like make a bunch of different characters that you could have in your party, like different types. One thing that seemed like a turnoff to me with three was that you look like there are only maybe like are there only six characters? And I guess those are the characters that just fight in your party, or like are well, there? Do you have to make choices of who? Like are there more than that? Or 
So there's so you have so there's from from my understanding and up to this point it's held true. I don't believe you ever gain or lose party members beyond your six. So you've got yeah. your six core members that are yeah. always, like that's part of the, it's a pretty core to the story and it's really yeah. about their relationships. I think which I think has been really interesting so far. Um, they're all pretty likable for the most part. I think there's some who are more annoying than others, but um, yeah. but what's I think they kind of to throw something like that a bone. You actually have seven party members um, sometimes. So you can get a hero to join you. And so like these are like NPCs who will join your party and they fight just like the rest of your party. They have their each hero has its own class. And that's actually how you get different classes. So when you start, each of the main characters has their own class and you have those six classes that you can kind of swap between. Again, very Final Fantasy XI-ish, right? Starting with six base classes. But then every time you're able to recruit a hero who most some you'd get through the main story, but most you have to do side quests to find and recruit. Like once you get them, you can like have them, you can kind of summon which one you want. You can pick, you have to have one at a time, but you can kind of sub in whoever you want for that seventh slot. You personally can't control them, but once they join you, you unlock their class for the rest of your your party members can then also take that class. Nice. Um, so it's kind of cool. It gives you like that seven person distribution. So you have, uh, you know, you, you know, you, you can kind of customize again for the battle. If you're fighting a lot of opponents, maybe you want an extra tank in there. If you, if you're fighting something that's really heavy damage, you could have an extra healer or extra uh, support unit, or, you know, usually I roll, you know, three damage dealers, two healers, two tanks, but um, it's cool that you can kind of customize that and mix that up based on who you're fighting, what the situation is. Um, and like all of the heroes are so far have been very unique and have had really not only cool, like, I mean, they, they do feel like advanced classes, right? Like their classes seem like much cooler and better and more powerful than the six that you started with. So you're really incentivized, to like go find those heroes and start using their classes and stuff like that. So it feel those, they feel a little bit like the blades, like, like yeah. in that way, like they're all kind of, you know, flashy NPCs, I would say. Nice. That sounds cool. Do you still have a Switch, Shy, or did you sell your third one? I I, I sold it. Yep. <laughs> oh, Shy. Well, maybe one day you have to come out, and I'll, I'll show you Xenoblade Chronicles 3 if you, if you yeah. come out and hang with us. Alright, that's what I gotta say about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Like I said, I'll probably talk about it again in the future, because I hope to be playing it for quite a while. Um, your, um, your disc in the drive list is pretty ambitious, Smiley. No, well... Yeah, I'm not. Most of those are just. <laughs> you know, I always go big. You're you're talking about mine. Let's go to you, Van. You've got. That's a, just no. No, no. Let's a, go to Shy. Shy hasn't had a lot of. A lot of all right, lot Shai, going Shai. on this, this podcast. I was going to break up me and Shy because I am going to talk a little bit on Shy's too about Lost Ark. Okay, you're the host. I can go then if you want. All I can right, do this Shai, quickly. You go with that. Yeah, uh, Van Gogh. All right. So for me, I put something on here that's a little bit different, but it makes sense. So um, I don't know how many of our listeners, I guess none. Um, I don't know if you guys are very familiar with the PlayStation Plus uh, categories that have been introduced recently as of last month. So PlayStation Plus, for what we've known it for, ever since I believe PS4 was released, PlayStation Plus was simply the requirement that you needed to subscribe in order to play video games online. Prior to that, in PlayStation 3, it was um, you still got free games every month. Um, they'll give you a PlayStation 3 title. Usually it was like indie games and all that stuff. And then via PlayStation 4, it was required for a multiplayer 
um, online play, and you still got the free games a month. Well, recently they, so this has been going on for over a decade now. Well, they've just transformed all of PlayStation Plus into a brand new membership. And this is what I've been playing and, and and I've really liked it. So there's three new tiers now of memberships. You still have the original membership, which gives you your, your three monthly games to download. They could be variations of PS4 games, PS5 games. They did drop the Vita, which they were adding or which they were updating for quite some time. So now you usually get like one PS5 and two PS4 or, or, or the opposite. Um, of course, it still counts for, for multiplayer. And you also still get discounts on add-on, additional content, skins, things like that for, for longer um larger games well they've added two new tiers the next tier is extra which is a hundred dollars so for those of you who are paying attention and math whizzes that's forty dollars more than the sixty dollar base membership but with it comes a new catalog of games now catalog of games isn't new to subscriptions um playstation's tried it with the playstation now which was a catalog of games but it was only streaming now the thing that's unique with this is you have a catalog of games that are available for download as if you own them, so long as you keep your extra subscription. It's only $40 more. The other thing that's pretty unique about this is this catalog of games is actually very good. A lot of times you see catalog games, they have a ton of fluff, right? 200 titles, 185 of them are things that you would never play again, and then there's 15 titles that you actually are worth diving into. This catalog is amazing. It has basically all the Assassin's Creed's games. It has um, a ton of huge titles, like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding. It has PS5 versions of the games, Red Dead Redemption 2, um, a bunch of different Final Fantasy titles, all the way from 9 to even 7, the brand new remake. And it's not just old games that have that came out you know, 15 years ago. It has a bunch of new titles too, like the uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake. Remake Integrated is on there. Final Fantasy 8 Remastered. 10 10 2 remastered zodiac age remastered and a whole bunch of other stuff so it's it's really quality titles for only 40 dollars more right yeah <laughs> well and that's the thing though right like a lot of these games are games that i have wanted well a lot of them are games that i do own but a lot of them are games that i would like to own and they're like five dollars here ten dollars here whatnot like these games aren't going for sixty dollars anymore a lot, a and, lot of games are games that you wanted to get, but she was like, you got to finish freaking Red Dead Redemption yeah. first. So now, <laughs> imagine the, the predicament I'm in where she won't let me play any games, and I got a catalog of 400 games I want to dabble in. So <laughs> so I upgraded to Extra. But what, what was the kicker for me was um, I wanted to play Ghost of Tsushima, and I started playing, and I was like, okay, this is a game that I will absolutely play to the end, or at least get right to the end where the boss, and I'll stop playing it. And um, I, I noticed that it was on this catalog. Well, the game itself is $50, but to upgrade my subscription is $40. And then I get another 399 games on top of it. And I'm like, this is a no brainer. So I did that and really started looking at the catalog that's in there. And it, man, it made all the sense in the world. And I know it sounds like a big, big uh, commercial here, but I'm, I'm extremely happy with the decision to pay the extra $40 to get this. Because not only do I have access to all these other games that I want to play that I, that I own in PS4 that I just haven't gotten to, like they have the PS5 version now. So I can even download it in the newer graphical, you know, PS5 as opposed to playing in, in the older PS4 version. Not there's much graphically, but but there is some. And the other cool thing that that I've noticed from this is that there's a ton of kid games. So this was super helpful for all the dads out there listening because your kids like it's fun to play video games with your kids. All their games are always like $2.99, $5, $7.99, all this stuff. And you got to buy like 20 of them. Well, that's a lot of money. 
But on here, you got you got a, an assortment of like 30 or 40 kid-friendly games at your disposal that you can just download on a whim. You play it for five minutes. Well, it's no skin off your back. And you can go on to the next thing and try it. Or maybe your kid's not interested in this one and they're interested in the other one. So it, it, I'm just very happy with the purchase of this. And I don't think outside of like a huge AAA title that I've been anticipating, I don't think I'm going to be buying any new video games for a long time because I have so many in here that I've wanted to play my whole life that I can do like the upgrade for PS5 version on just with the subscription. So last point I want to make is there's a, another tier on top of the extra tier that I've been talking about this whole time. And that's called premium. It's another $20 on top of the um, extra or twice the essentials at 60 to 120. What that gives you is it allows you to play. Um, I didn't find it in here when I was looking at the official PlayStation store, but I remember them mentioning there's a retro catalog. Oh, okay. There's a ca classic ca catalog. So there's a classics catalog on there. Um, Smiley, you might find these ca classics catalog more interesting than I did. There's a lot of titles I, I don't, remember and then of course there's some obvious ones like the metal slugs and ninja guidance vigilante like there? let me take a look there is no but there oh, is so they're not playstation classics it's just classic Velocib box yeah yeah that's uh, yeah just playstation or just uh classics uh, classics in general uh, um but the thing is the classics catalog is via streaming as well so from what i understand you cannot download those classics so that was less intriguing to me because i did try the ps now and i i it's just hard doing twitch fast responsive gaming when streaming we weren't there when i tried it four years ago we might be there now broadband that we have but um i wasn't interested in paying the extra 20 dollars to get that classic catalog when there was just so much to offer in the extra tier at this moment so that's what i've been doing dabbling in a ton of different games and getting yelled at by sheeny for not finishing horizon zero dawn so I, I'll, I'll get that done by the next uh the next disc in the drive there you go all right and that's and that's a year we didn't really talk about it but that's that's the cost yeah. per year right so basically oh, yeah. like it's five dollars a month for essentials ten dollars a month for premium basically and then yeah extras in the middle all right i mean that right I think and that gives some wondering. context yeah sorry and i was like i was like this is a no-brainer like why would PlayStation do this? And then I started thinking, well, yeah, I paid 40 extra to own Ghost of Tsushima, but guess what? I got to pay 40 extra again next year to continue to own it. And then the year after that. So it's, it's really go back and play it kind of, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of, I think not too, forcing you, but also get another way to think about it is you're going to be spending an extra $40 a year because of the subscription. So mm -hmm. you also get a lot of people who, once they sign up for things, they don't ever cancel it. Even if oh, they don't sure. use it that much anymore, like very common, like gym memberships. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like well, oh, yeah, I mean, I know I've known people who have paid for MMOs for months and months, uh, you know, yeah. subscriptions to Final Eleven and stuff, long after they stop playing, and like they just never. They're like, well, maybe I'll come back, maybe I'll use it next month. You know, I think there's there's definitely some value there for for Sony and like. I think too, like it's a smart move. Like if you're gonna roll out something new like this, like make it make it feel worth it, right? Like like yeah. you know people are gonna be like, oh now I gotta pay more, you know. Like if you make it feel like a really good deal, that gets them in the door. And then even if they don't keep that, even if you decide to downgrade back to the sixty with what you have, like then it makes it a little easier to swallow the fact that they have a new pricing model. So I actually think it's kind of smart to actually yep. set the table. Kudos to you, Sonny. Yeah. All right, Shy, your turn. What do you got? 
All right. Well, we are approaching, I just realized as we were talking, the six-month anniversary of the release of Lost Ark in the West. It came out uh, February 11th. So Already? In uh, two days. Wow. It'll be six Don't months since it. that game launched officially. And a number of us had Head Start, despite the fact that like every MMO, it was a disaster. And I think we got to play maybe one day of the three days it, you know, it was available Head Start. Um, but yeah, I keep playing Lost Ark. Um, you, did were you disagreeing with that smiley or I don't know. I don't I guess I don't remember. I remember there being a little bit of it wasn't, trouble, but I, didn't, I, well, I say disaster wasn't as big as many MMOs. It was actually remember. pretty smooth. But there were a number of outages. There was at least one of the head start days where it was pretty much unavailable. Like yeah, because of maintenances or, or stuff. Um but Yeah, sorry, I wasn't trying to, yeah. to disagree. No, I just no, it was, it was no. more I don't remember it, but it was six I didn't want to embellish too much because I do agree it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't horrible. We've seen much worse. Um yeah. but yeah, I keep playing Lost Ark. Um I don't know the last time we really talked about lost ark i know we did i think we did a lost ark episode i think back when all three of us were playing it and i think we maybe well, no, touched it was, on it it was when van had quit and we were trying to get him to come back oh all right it and was it the, didn't it was work the intervention episode all right well it didn't work. all right um really? yeah so i know we both kept playing it smiley and so this will be kind of probably a co- collaborative uh segment but uh i have in my yeah i have in my time playing it i've actually gone through three different main characters um which in a game like lost ark is very frustrating because you put a lot of work in upgrading a character and so like when you switch from a main and start working on another one it it hurts and it really hampers your progress um and then what's funny is i've actually kind of reverted a little bit not like reverted mains but so it's funny so like i started out the game as a character called a soul fist and it's kind of like more of a burst oriented character where like it's focused a lot of around their like awakening skill kind of their ultimate skill that normally most classes have like i think i think all classes have the same cooldown on the awakening i think like base i think it's is that not right all right i assumed so. they were all five minutes or something but maybe, maybe i feel all like my, and maybe lights. i'm wrong but i think my uh, paladin's three all right uh, so maybe they're not all right so already misinformation being thrown around in this podcast but um they <laughs> all they, they have one long cooldown skill called their awakening and so there's actually a way to reduce the the cooldown on that and so this character i started with that was actually focused on he focused on powering it up reducing the cooldown and using it well the problem was it was like a really long animation skill basically you jump up in the air and sit there for a couple seconds powering this giant spirit bomb up and you throw it on the ground well it was really fun leveling and playing yeah very dragon ball z it was fun playing it early on in the game but then once i got to end game and bosses start moving around a lot like you could fire it up you know, even you could, the boss could be knocked down. You could start the animation and it could get up and then like dash away and then your thing goes off and it became very frustrating. And so I was like, I'm just sick of this. So I quit out of that. At the time, there was a new class coming out uh, called the Glavier with a, a halberd. Looked really cool. There was a lot of hype about it. So I'm like, all right, let me, uh, I'll try this out. Took that up pretty high. But then also it was like, there were some things I didn't like about it. And so I ended up playing, oddly enough, the class that Van started as, uh, the Shadow Hunter, one of the assassin classes, which basically revolves around uh, a demonic mode transformation. So basically you spend a little part of your time, especially as you get higher end game, you spend a very short period of your time kind of building this gauge. And then you activate the gauge and you turn into this kind of like demon form and you have like more powerful moves. And really been really enjoy that that class. It has a lot of sustain, just a lot of impact, cool animations. Um and so I've been enjoying that. And then, but oddly enough, like I said, been reverting a bit because just recently I've been kind of working on some alts, trying to get some other characters up to like just generate resources. 
and I revisited my Soul Fist and tried the other build. All classes in Lost Ark have two viable builds. They have two like they're called class engravings and two different playstyles. So they have a it has a playstyle where it doesn't use you don't even use that move. The whole point of the class is very fast, fast paced. You're using abilities very quickly and you regenerate resources really quickly and have really been enjoying it. And then I, I've also started playing my Glavier again just on the side and I've been enjoying it. So sometimes I don't know, like the phrase absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know, there might be some merit to that. Um, I just needed a break from from some of that. But, um, yeah, still just been playing the game and, you know, chugging along. Yeah, well, I'll jump in, too, because I've been, I've been playing quite a bit of Lost Ark as well. Um, a little bit less since Xenoblade Chronicles 3 came out. Like, that's been, you know, taken away. I've really kind of... But, but I've gotten to a place, which is nice, where I, I don't feel like I have to do as much. Um, I, I finally got my, my main character up to the item level that... I kind of want to be at right now. So I'm basically ready for the next, the next raid that isn't coming out to like the end of September. So like I've, I'm kind of parked for a little bit, which is nice. I don't feel like I had to push. It gives me an opportunity to, as Shai was mentioning, like level some of my alts and, and kind of play at a little bit lesser pace. It's like, I don't have to do everything every day. There's a couple chores that I'm trying to get through, but uh, it really has taken my kind of required play time of what I need to do to stay relevant down which has been nice um it's been a nice break but uh i will say you know now that i've gotten that far like i've gotten my character to you know a, a kind of a true end game spot um when when you know if you read the forums and people talked about you know what's what's good about lost ark why do you keep playing it what what keeps you interested when it's such a kind of a grindy rat racy mmo like they all are um Everybody said, you know, Legion raids. Oh, Legion raids are where it's at. That's that's the most fun content. It's so good. Everybody loved it. It's, it's what saved the game in Korea. Korea, this game was going down, and then Legion raids came out, and now it's where it is, right? Like, that's what everybody talked about. And, like, having experienced now the first two Legion raids on normal mode and hard mode. I haven't done Vicus hard yet, but I think I'm going to try it this weekend. Um I agree with it. I actually think the Legion raids are just a, they're so fun. They're really good. They're really enjoyable. They're, I think the right level of difficulty. They're not, they're, they're challenging. They require teamwork. They require coordination. They require you to play your job well and learn the boss's moves, but they're not, they just don't remind me like the final fantasy 14, like just backbreaking, do it perfect every time, every minute, or, and if one person makes a mistake, you're done, start over. Like, it's just not quite that level of like, just maddening. Um, and I felt like in every group I've been with, whether it's been a group that like shy, you and I have put together with some of our other friends or whether it's been with a pug group, like, and they haven't all worked out, right? Sometimes we haven't cleared. Sometimes we've, we've, we've ended up breaking up and it's gone the wrong way, but I felt like, a lot of times with 14, it just felt like I was just, we were just beating our face against a wall, just like over and over trying to do it and not really making any progress. And I feel like every group I've been in, like sometimes there's a little bit of that, but like, I always feel like we are getting better. Like every time we do it, we get a little bit further. We, or we see like, Oh, you know what it was? Somebody, somebody screwed up or somebody misunderstood something or, you know, we just, we had some bad luck sometimes. Like, it's it's just been a lot more of a fulfilling experience. And I really look forward like tonight's the reset. I'm excited that I'll get to do the Legion raids again next week. Like I wanted, I want to do them. And like the only thing that is sad about it to me, and I, I'm sure you'll share this a little bit shy is, you know, we don't, we just don't have the, the, like 
it would be so much better if this was like the Final Fantasy Eleven era where we had a full shell, you know, where we had where we could field even if it was like six or seven players and maybe we try to find one along the way. But like, you know, Shy and Orius and I tried to run every week for a while and we did we did some good things. We had a lot of success and it was fun, but it's it's a lot of work trying to put everything together when you're picking up five different people anyway. And it's a different rotating cast every week. Like it's just kind of, it, it just makes it a lot harder. And so, you know, this week, you know, Shy ended up deciding to go, go out on his own and try to find a, you know, a, a different raid group, uh, which makes sense, right? Because, you know, it's, it's easier sometimes to join a pre-established group if you, if you have the, if you have the bandwidth to commit to that. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, it, I think this kind of content, like I wish we had the group for Final Fantasy 14, maybe like, less Sumerian, um, you know, but for the other part, like how much cooler would this be if like Rido was playing and Van had stayed with it and Tankin was with us. And like, we had a couple more people to like actually have a core of people playing with us. Um, Ray. Ray. Oh my God. Ray would be so good at this game. He would be, he'd be amazing at this game. He'd be, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, and you know, as even Z, you know, Z was playing with us for a while. He's kind of burnt out on it. He's taking a break now. So, um, and it's understandable. It's it's a daunting game. It's a lot of work, and I, I can understand people. I understand that it's not for everybody, but um, I've really enjoyed the the end game portion of it, and I'm I'm excited kind of where my account is that I can really focus on just doing the things I want to in the game and the things I find fun. And you know, we'll see once the next content push comes out. Maybe I'll have to work a little harder, but it just goes to show that when you have only a couple hours a night to play, like I do, like I I. I haven't spent a ton of money on the game. I haven't spent spent a lot of time on it, but like not eight hours a day like I used to, like I would play Final Fantasy XI. Like you still can be relevant and stay keep progress. A lot of people say you can't, um, but I just haven't found that to be true. Like, you know, like my account isn't what Shy's is because I don't have quite as much time, but it doesn't mean I'm not relevant in the in-game experience so yeah you can still do the same stuff that i can do that's so, right yeah there's yeah. not really yeah there's not really a difference there yeah like you you you've had the you've had like i wouldn't have had the luxury like you did to switch my main three times probably like if i jumped between mains a whole bunch i probably would not be anywhere close to where i am because like you said that's a real big investment you know that yeah like, I've or suffered. i would have had I've suffered from that yeah i mean i could have had maybe a 1500 character by now or something like that if i had yeah. really oh, you know like you easily could focused on a character but yeah all right that's all for me from lost ark so i'm gonna skip myself since i basically just went again um and we'll go back to van what else you got van i think uh sean i should take this one together yeah <clears> this is a battlefield buy. 2042 now you can just take again. that you can just take it. No, no, you, I don't, I don't, I don't want it anymore. I want to be associated with that game. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that EA like servers that. are broken today? Uh, wait, the server and are I down? tried to get together. Well, like they're having connection issues. Friends lists aren't popping up, so you can't invite people to your game anymore. Whereas in previous games, you got around that because every other Battlefield had the server section, the server browser that you can actually pick what game you want to play where this one forces you to play whatever game they want you to play. So anyways, it's broken, so um, nobody can even play with each other. Wow. Aside from that, the game is... and I mean, keep me honest here, Shy, I think it's moving in the right direction. 
Like it's we have fun playing it. I, I can't say it's a good game, but we have a lot of fun playing it. So I mean, yeah, that's what games are about, right? You said last time. Well, I didn't go as far as to say it's a good game. I said it's moving in the right direction. It, it seems to be moving in. The, the, I think the season pass has helped a lot. Um, yeah, the new maps are pretty awesome. Yeah. They're they're trying different configurations with. Yeah. Um, they're trying. They're they're constantly rebalancing, and I I feel like they're moving in in the right direction. It, it's it's just a shame because it it all seems to me like things they really could have caught beforehand with a very in-depth beta or or alpha or test phase and something and and, and unfortunately this is the world we live in now where you are the test subject when you buy a game you basically are and yeah and 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 your feedback is what what sculpts it for better or for worse but no it's been it's been pretty fun i've been been getting some more time uh gaming in with uh shy we have another friend of the pod Allah, who plays with us too and um that's another game where like you talk about having the core people mm-hmm. smiley like it, it man if we could just have a fourth person like it makes all the difference in, in our squad and wh- when you're playing with yourself versus having yourself and a friend versus having yourself and three like two other friends or three man it makes it makes all the difference in that gameplay because there's there's yeah. so much reliant on squad activity and being there to support each other and, and having a common objective within the game um overall objective where it, that's another thing that would make make it huge. So I think with this, all this to say, I think if we all downloaded Planet Side Two again, we could get Ray back. <laughs> oh saw, man, Planet Side Two. Steam, I still have it installed. I saw it had an update on my Steam today, and I yeah, it's got like a summer thing going on right now, like Surf and Storm or something. Or the thing that made me mad when we tried to go back to Planet Side Two is you couldn't get on Vesemir like ever and that was the best planet that was my favorite one all my good memories are like that snow covered i don't know i loved that that world. was the best it, yeah continent, or esimir no. not i said yeah. vesemir i've been watching too much witcher um like oh my god get off vesemir like, leave him alone <laughs> I, i'm just like why is that world like the fact that they lock out the worlds just annoys the hell out of me i'm just waiting for planet side three and that'll Man, that'll that that'll game. be the next thing I play for ten years straight. I might I might play that wheelchair. I'd give Planet Side three a chance potentially. There's an announcement in a week. It's like Pantheon was all really Planet Side three all along, and it's like they <laughs> reveal where all this stuff turns. Imagine if Pantheon like they keep the core elements of the MMO, but it's a first person shooter MMO, and Planet Side three and Pantheon. If it's called Planet Side three colon pantheon Lance, that would be Lance, amazing I, oh god best game in the world ever planets theon <laughs> i was trying to get there i was it's just pantheon yeah there you go all right all right fellas well yeah you're right i didn't get to the rest of my the rest of my stuff but i i didn't have a whole lot for either i'm, I'm playing some old old school playstation and rpgs that are uh you know maybe i'll get to next time but uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're running up on time here. Did you guys have anything else? Anything else you want to get to? No, but I'm hoping to have my final thoughts are I'm hoping to have finished Horizon Zero Dawn and letting everybody know that it was worth it next time we t- chat. All right. Give us a final, even though it won't be this in the drive episode. Maybe you can give us like a quick short synopsis yeah. Yeah. now that the, you know, that's what the people yeah. are going to want. They're going to want it now. The many, many people, yes, who listen to this, I'm sure, uh, they will be waiting eagerly for your report, mm. as will the two of us, I'm sure. Yes. All right, folks. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. This has been episode 118 of the Focus Target podcast, your disc in the drive, and I am your host, Captain Smiley. 
This is Shyroll. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Cover us, Porkins. We're out. I go into that too fast or something? Sorry.